We're waiting for it to load on my phone. But if you look, we're still not loaded, still on the screen. Waiting and waiting and waiting. I think it froze. I think my app froze. Let's try again. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. On September 19th, we will be talking about the latest Mercy Thompson novel, Soul Taken, which is the 13th in the series by Patricia Briggs. Then, on October 3rd, we will be talking about Rachel Aaron's latest book, The Last Stand of Mary Goodcrow. Tune in to hear all our thoughts on these latest books from authors we love. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of cool perks available from our mini-series and monthly episode-picking poll to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout-out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen, Sam, Megan, and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Today, we are going to do a listicle, and it's going to be, what is this, unpopular opinion listicle? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So, they, I think we'll be okay. We might have, like, one spot. We'll warn you that there's a spoiler, and we'll try to be very blatant and obnoxious about it, um, which would be for love triangles. But, uh, essentially, Abby and I have a list of nine um unpopular opinions that we are going to discuss so we're going to go over popular books that we did not love that everyone else seemed to love um popular books that we love that everyone else hates um love triangles that we just where the character ended up with somebody we didn't want them to end up with we're like oh stupid love triangle uh popular genres that we don't love that everyone else seems to love uh beloved um characters that we don't love popular authors that we don't love popular tropes that we think are overused and we don't love popular series that everyone has read but we probably won't and movies that were better than the book so that is our plan for today all right do you want to start us off with a popular book or series you didn't like yes i'm actually going to start off with two i am going to talk about wicked by gregory mm, Mm, Greg, ooh, I put M. I forgot to look up his last name. Gregory something. Yeah, the guy who did yeah, the uh, Wizard of Oz fan fiction that got big. Yeah, so I really loved the musical Wicked, obviously. I think everyone does. I saw it enough times. I'm actually sick of seeing it, and I don't want to see it again. Um, but I really liked it. And I read the book Wicked in high school. And I read it after listening to the musical, and I was like, wow, this this was pretty good. It wasn't too terrible. Um, I think it was his first go-around. Then I tried to read Confections of an Ugly Steps um, Sister, and I was like, well, nope, this is awful. And the reason being, he's just a very vulgar author. Like, he reminds me a lot of Stephen King. Stephen King um, is very uses a lot of profanity uses a lot of um sex and um kind of rough language mm-hmm. and so, so did gregory and i didn't like i mean Stephen king i can get through his stuff but gregory's books mm, nope 
nope, did not love it. Everyone in the world seems to have loved um, these books. And I'm like, yeah, hard pass. And I gave away all my copies. I bought a whole bunch of them thinking I would read them all because I was like, these are great. I love, um, like you said, Wizard of Oz fan fiction. Nope. Mm -hmm. The other one, do you remember The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins? When that I was remember that it was a big deal and I owned a copy for a while and I never touched it because it's not a genre I usually go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I opened it and I started reading it and I was like, wow, I hate this book. Wow. I hate this book. Everyone loved that book. Everyone read it um, in the office at the same time. And I was like, yep, nope, I hate it. Bye. <laughs> Didn't give a shit about it. Yeah. That was one that was just like, it was so popular and that's the only reason I owned a copy is because I picked it up like secondhand and I'm like, oh, I remember this being a popular book. Maybe I'll read it. But like the longer I thought about it, the more I was like, I feel like I won't enjoy this. I just, I get that vibe from it and it's not a genre I even like. So <laughs> yep, precisely. So yeah, I definitely don't blame you on that mm -hmm. one. So those two were the two that immediately came to mind. What about for you? Okay. So the two that I put down, obviously I could have put something like Twilight or Fifty Shades because I hate both of those and they're super popular, but <laughs> I wanted to go a little bit um, different because I felt like those are so easy to hate on, you know? Yep, they are. Like they're, they're just really easy to hate on. So I didn't want to bother. I didn't want to waste everybody's time. So the first one I thought of was a Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. Have you read any of those? Um, I started Game of Thrones, the first one. Not my cup of tea, and I love fantasy. Like, mm -hmm. but I also started the T HBO series, and I was like, first episode, I was like, out. Yeah. Out. So. See, and I watched the first season. I really enjoyed it and went... There are books. That means I can read the book. I will already know what's going on in the first book and I can continue the story because the series was still coming out at the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, cool. I'll, I'll know what happens. That'll be fun. I did not make it through the first book. Even yeah. though I had watched the series and enjoyed it, I did not make it through the first book. Like the amount of violence and despair and horror and just the atrocities against women in general, just like it completely overwhelmed my brain. I don't even think I got halfway through before I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, mm -hmm. okay. I love fantasy. You know that we both love fantasy. It's like, oh, I do. It's like our bread I and butter. I know. Um, the, yeah. the problem is, with my fantasy, I like that little thread of hope. Yeah. And Martin writes without any sense of hope at all. The world is despair. Everybody's going to die. And I'm just like, so why am I bothering to read this? Like, if everybody is going to die, if there's no hope whatsoever, why am I bothering with this? That's what I want to know. Because if you can't prove to me that at least one of these characters I like is going to make it through and have a halfway decent life after the last page, then why am I bothering? You can't you can't ask me to emotionally invest in your book and then kill off every character that I like and say that I should have enjoyed your book. Like that's not that's not a thing. 
So yeah, it's, it's not good. It, it just, it's just pure sadness. Right. It's the absolute despair that is in these books. There's no thread of hope. There's no real happiness shown. It's all just like one bad thing after another, after another, after another. And you're like, does nobody get a break? Does nobody get a vacation? <laughs> like, man, does nobody get to just sit by the fire with a book for once? Like, it's terrible. And I hate it. I hate everything about it. Um, and so, yeah, I gave away my copy of that because that was horrifying. Yeah, I don't know if I still have a copy. Pretty sure. Pretty sure I don't. Yep. And then the other one I came up with was The Inheritance Cycle, which is the Aragon books. Oh, man, that first one was so good. The first one is so good. I loved the first oh, one. God. I still have the first one. Me too. Actually, I have I have the second one. I don't think I have any other ones. I was told it did get better. Okay, so here's my thing. The thing I could not get past. I read the second one and I was getting a little iffy on it because I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about this main character. I'm not sure how much I'm liking him by the end of the second book, right? Yep. And then I start reading the third book and he's got this giant obsession for the elf girl that he will not drop no matter how many times she says no. And I, and I read these books before like um, me too. And all this positivity for women being able to say no Mm -hmm. came up because this was back when we were in high school. And I felt so gross reading this third book that I just stopped. I felt, I felt so icky watching him over and over again, do these giant romantic gestures and try to get her attention and continuously have her go, no, I'm not interested. No, we can't, we can't be together. No, I'm not going to be with you. And he keeps going anyway. Like, Oh my God, this is such a horrifying teenage stalker. That's, he was acting like a high schooler, like a high school guy who will not believe that the girl he likes said no to him. That is what he was acting like. That's so gross. You know that? And that just, it, it grossed me out so much. I hated it so much. I couldn't concentrate on anything else that was supposed to be going on in the book. And so uh, I gave it up. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Sounds good to me. And I had books two and three in hardback and I donated them because I'm like, I can't. This first one is good and the rest suck. First one was amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. The rest, no, we're good. They they can just, yeah, yeah I'm good. Well, and the second one wasn't like he was, he was doing that whole, I want to be with you. And she's keep saying no to him, but it wasn't as blatant or um, continuous because they weren't like constantly in the same space. Mm-hmm. In the third book, he's like training with some elf mentor. And so she's around because that's also where she lives. And so just like the constant contact and the her having to fend him off almost daily kind of thing, just, oh, mm-hmm. ultimate cringe, just absolutely horrifying. Yep. Oh man, I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that back to my um, remembrance and my attention. You're welcome. <laughs> I know I remembered that, and I was like, "Oh, Twitch, I I feel gross just thinking about it." Mm-hmm. I know. 
Um, wow. It's going to be hard to follow up on that one. So uh, we have a popular book um, that I love that everybody else hates. Well, not everyone else, literally just you, Abby, because I put Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Oh. <laughs> um, literally, purely for you. I couldn't think of a popular book I love that everyone else hates besides you're everyone and i picked that one but like i'm your everyone that's so you're my everyone i know (laughs) um but yeah i was just like geez like i'm like do i just read popular books or what and i don't know i mean maybe i'm just too much like the crowds of people and i i don't know but yeah that's what i put i love that book um okay so I couldn't come up with any for this category. I literally spent an hour just scrolling through Goodreads, looking for books that like through my list of read books, looking at the scores that they have in general on Goodreads, like looking for the lower scores. And then I'd pause and I'd go, oh no, I really liked that book. Scroll, or no, I don't, I didn't really like that book either. Scroll, 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 scroll. And like, I don't know. I just, I kept finding books that, I hated and everybody else loved rather than the other way around. And I was sitting there finally after like 45 minutes of scrolling through Goodreads going, am I just in denial about everybody loving the books that I love? <laughs> like, are there actually, there, are there actually people maybe, that maybe genuinely are. hate the books that I love because I've never seen them? Um, so Pride and Prejudice has been on that list. Um, Jane Eyre, um, Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, popular books that people hate. Um, those would be some of the main ones that I saw. Man, who hates Pride and Prejudice? It's like the classic. It's, well, and here's my thing. I looked at one of those lists. And so many of it, so many on there were classic books that I was like, do you just hate classic books? Yeah. I feel like a lot of these are just people who hate the classic books. Well, let me give you a, so I like Book Riot. Book Riot is a, I guess, a book blog site or something. So the 25 most hated books from 2013, mind you. Number mm-hmm. one, Twilight, of course, one. Number, of course. Two, number two, classic Catcher in the Rye. Number three, Fifty Shades of Grey. Number four, The Great Gatsby. Number five, Moby Dick. Number six, Withering Heights, which I loved Withering Heights. Um, seven, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, the Da Vinci Code, Heart of Darkness, which I don't even know what Heart of Darkness is, Atlas Shrugged, Gone Girl, Eat, Pray, Love, which, okay, I like Eat, Pray, Love, whatever. Um, Great Expectations, The Old Man, The Sea, Pride and Prejudice, The Scarlet Letter, which I did not like, um, Life of Pi, The Grapes of Wrath, which I did like, um, The Corrections, I don't know what that is, On the Road, um, The Alchemist, Jane Eyre, The Lovely Bones, The Pearl, and U- Ulysses by James Joyce, which I like too. Huh. Right? Yeah, I feel like that's basically a list of people who don't like classics, don't like these books. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, okay, I love Pride and Prejudice, but a lot of the books on that list, I am very indifferent towards mm-hmm. or I haven't read. And like Jane Eyre is the only one, other one on that list that I enjoyed when I read it. But even I will admit that is a problematic book. <laughs> like, that storyline is problematic. That love interest is problematic. And I'm well aware of it. I mean, the whole, yeah. Yes. 
I, but I really love Pride and Prejudice, like um, when they put it on BBC or when they make movies out of it. Such it's such a great yeah. translation to screen. Well, in the BBC um, series is like word for word, scene mm. for scene, the book. And it's just beautiful. I love that series. <laughs> Freaking long series, though. It is, but it's so worth it. But yeah, I mean, like, that feels to me like they pulled a bunch of people and a bunch of people thought to themselves, I don't like classic books or I don't like the books I had to read in high school. And so they named those. Yep. That's what that list feels like. (laughs) That's what I got for you. Okay. So a love triangle where the main character did not end up with the person you wanted them to be with or an OTP you didn't like. For those who don't know, OTP is one true pairing. Um, And this might be spoilers. So heads up if you haven't read the books we're about to talk about. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Mine is Shadow and Bone. Um, If you have not read the trilogy or you haven't been spoiled for the trilogy, just like skip ahead by a couple minutes and you'll be fine. You probably need to skip ahead past mine too. So, you know, we'll, we'll give you a better idea. We'll, we'll just, just ignore us if you haven't read this. Editing Abby, please come in and give people a timestamp. Thank you. There we go. Hey guys, Editing Abby here. If you don't want spoilers for the Shadow and Bone trilogy by Lee Bardugo or the Inheritance Games trilogy by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, skip ahead four minutes. If you don't care about spoilers, continue on and don't say you weren't warned. All right, so Alina is the main character. She ends up with Mal. A lot of people, wow, I did not sound thrilled by his name. (laughs) A lot of people also wanted her to end up with the Darkling, who's the bad guy. And quite frankly, I didn't want her to end up with anyone. I would have been much happier if she had remained single at the end of the trilogy instead of ending up with Mal. I wasn't rooting for either love interest. I hated them both equally. I thought they were both equally terrible, but in completely different ways. It's just like, I just wanted her to F off at the end and be alone by herself. And I know it's YA, so she was going to end up with one of them, but that doesn't stop my desire to have her just be alone and single and by herself. (laughs) And it bothered me even more because then, like, I won't talk about that, but. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I'm just, uh, literally the third book of that trilogy, I had to force myself to finish because I just wanted to finish the stupid thing. It was one of those books. And, um. I am going to be donating my trilogy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just, oh boy. There were, there were so many problems either way she would have gone with either of the guys. It is just, it was a terrible love triangle. It was toxic. It was just, it was awful. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. All right. Tell me about yours. All right. Have you read the Hawthorne legacy books by Jennifer Lynn Barnes? I can't remember. I read the first one. You're going to read any more? So in this book, we follow Avery, who's our main character. And she's quite delightful. This book is all about puzzles and trying to unravel um, the inheritance that was left behind by this rich, powerful person. And in it, there's this 
is it a is there four brothers or, or five there's maybe four or five there's brothers four. there's four but the two that i'm going to talk about is um grayson and jamie as we go through it avery is like oh i think i'm attracted to grayson and grayson's the older one um you know was supposed to be like nash is the oldest uh, but Nash is like, I'm a cowboy. I, I do what I want. Um, Grayson was more supposed to be the the hair of the family, really the one that followed in his grandfather's footsteps. And um, Jamie's a bit more of a playboy. Um, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can dig Avery with Grayson. Grayson's kind of a dick to her, but I understand because Avery inherited his entire inheritance. And he's like, what the hell, man? This is mine. Get out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I can get, I can kind of dig if they got together. And then, then comes Jamie, and I'm like, Avery, no. No. Like, Jamie's her age, but I'm like, I'm like, no. Jamie's dumb. Jamie's kind of a, no. Stop. And we go into book two, and she's kind of dating Jamie. Definitely kisses him. Definitely puts him over Grayson. I'm like, oh, why? Why? Grayson's, like, has his head in the game. He obviously cares about you. He's much more mature. Like, he's kind of gotten over the fact that you have his inheritance. And he's kind of rooting for you because he knows his mom is freaking crazy. And no, no, it's fine. Whatever. So she was with Jamie, I believe, at the end of the second book. And the last book, um, The Last Gambit, just came out, which I need to get with um, Kim to read together. But I'm like, seriously, who are you going to end up with? Because... I kind of want her to just be like, mm, screw you all and end up with nobody. You know what I mean? I'm going to take the money and peace out, guys. Bye. <laughs> so, yes. I don't know. Kind of where we're at. And I'm kind of, like, irritated with mm. this love triangle. Really don't like love triangles anyway. So. I think love triangles in YA are always the issues. <laughs> uh, I don't, can't think of any love triangle. Oh, the only love triangle I could think of is um in Mercy Thompson when she was choosing between Adam and what's the other guy's name? Samuel. And Samuel, yeah. But that that resolved. That worked out real fine. That resolved. You could always kind of feel how it was going to resolve anyways. Mm-hmm. And they were all adults, so there wasn't any of the, like, petty high school drama going on. Yeah. All right. So, popular book genre you hardly ever reach for. Hit me. <laughs> thrillers yeah. I almost said romance which you already knew but um I would say yeah my 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 least favorite genres are fiction thrillers um I, I like like non-fiction thrillers I like true crime and stuff but I don't like like fiction thrillers I don't, I don't give a crap um and I don't like romance I, I don't Get it out of my books, please. <laughs> and I'm not like a super duper classics person, but like, like that's like third way around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it's horror, thrillers, and then like mysteries. I just have like the worst time getting into them. <laughs> like horror, I can't stand because I can't do all the blood and gore and all that crap. I can't do thrillers because. I read to escape. I don't want to escape into a world that makes me even more tense than this one does. And <laughs> mysteries, I'm just like, I don't know. I can never get invested in them enough to care that hard. 
if that makes sense. So I've like, I read maybe one a year of those, maybe. I don't like mysteries. I kind of put thriller and mystery like together. Eh. See, and thriller and mystery for me are very separate categories because like you can have a mystery that's like got some suspense in it. But for me, a thriller is like, it puts me on edge. Yeah, because I don't, there's I don't, that much suspense. And it's just like I just did not need that. Nope. I don't need more suspense and anxiety and terror in my life. Thanks. <laughs> Hard pass. All right. Last one before the break. Popular or beloved character you do not like. I am going back. If you guys remember, we read Harry Potter last year, and we we're gonna speak. <gasps> we are going to speak of the beloved characters that I don't love. Um I went Snape on this one. Yeah, I did. Because I just don't understand everyone's fascination with him. Like, yeah, he had a slight redemption story, but like reading the books, he is so God awful to Harry. Like he is borderline abusive, essentially, you know, like we talk about, yes. Like we talk about the um, Dursleys um, needing child protection services called on them. They need child protection services called on Snape too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. He was an adult in power who literally abused children. Right? I can cite, like, I can cite the books. Mhm. And like Malfoy's kind of a dick, but he's a young child dick and he does get better throughout the books and he kind of was forced in some of his roles, so I have a little bit more empathy mm-hmm. for Malfoy, but zero none for Snape. Like no, Snape is an adult who, oh my God, still had the mentality of a high schooler and decided to, let's see, make fun of Hermione to her face, um, like literally insulted her mm-hmm. to her face after she got hit with a spell, tried, actually tried to kill the pet of a student and would have succeeded if Hermione hadn't stepped in. Yep. So like, and the, the killing the pet thing is in book one. That's in book one. He almost... 11-year-olds. These are 11-year-olds. Yeah, this poor 11-year-old who is nervous about his first day in your class, you are going to torture him with the idea that you are going to make him kill his pet at the end of your class because he screwed up the assignment? hmm Like, dear God, what a horrible person. Uh-huh. Also, I love Neville. He didn't deserve any of that, and I hate Snape. <laughs> Yep. Um, I also touched on the Harry Potter series for this one. I went with Dumbledore. Ooh, um, nice. I'm glad that we touched the same series, but touched different characters. Yep. And if any of you have listened to our Harry Potter episodes, you will be well aware of my vendetta against Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate everything about him. Like, as an adult, looking at Dumbledore, who was also an adult. Because when you're reading this series as a kid, you're like, Dumbledore's so cool. He's so powerful. And you're like swept up in Harry's um, idealistic image of him. But as an adult reading this series, I'm looking at Dumbledore going, sir, I want you arrested. You are constantly putting these children in danger. You are constantly not actually thinking about the students in your school. You are constantly causing literally an entire school of children, minors, to be put in danger. Awful. 
It's absolutely horrible. And that's not even touching the hairy specific issues. Oh, well, mm, can't, mm, can't even start with those, let me tell you. Oh, that's a whole rant in and of itself. Like, God. I know. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. But if I had been there when James and Lily had died and Dumbledore was like, oh, I'm just going to hand off this baby to these people who don't have never even met him and let them raise him with no supervision from anybody who actually would give two craps, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have punched him in the face and taken the baby and run away. <laughs> like, who does that? Because it's not even like he went, okay, let's leave them, let's leave Harry here with his relatives and we'll keep somebody on guard to make sure that everything's going okay and they don't need any help and like, you know, put in other protections. Not being so logical. Oh my God, I know I'm way too logical for Dumbledore. <laughs> you are way too logical for Dumbledore. And that's what makes me so angry because like within the first year of Harry living with the Dursleys, he should have been taken back from them and hidden elsewhere. Right. If anybody had been paying any sort of attention. <sighs> so I hate Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. With a burning passion that will never leave me. Um, my sister-in-law's oldest girl is reading the Harry Potter series. She's not old enough for like, like anything past book three, really. Because <sighs> then it starts getting kind of dark and yeah. she's still pretty young. So that's as far as my sister-in-law has let her read. But I'm just like, I plan to let my kids read this series eventually. And then I plan to talk to them about how horrible the adults were and the terrible decisions that they made. Because I don't want them idealizing these adults at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. Can't do that. So I think it's time for us to take a little break. All right, guys. Well, when we come back, we only have four more uh, topics to talk about. But we'll see you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and we are back with four more unpopular opinions. First one of this half is going to be a popular author you can't seem to get into. Who you have, Mo? <laughs> Neil Gaiman. <gasps> Me too! I know. I, I kind of figured you would, honestly, when I was looking at this. I'm like, she's going to put the same thing because we have tried. God, we have tried, what, three or four of his books now? I've read three of his books. And they just don't float my boat. I don't know what it is about... I don't know. Maybe I need to do the audiobooks or something. The only one I like is Stardust. Yeah, we've read Stardust, Neverwhere, and The Sleeper and the Spindle. Yeah. yeah. These are really, his stories are like really good, but I don't like his writing. 
yeah, like I enjoy his concepts, but his execution is just terrible for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is there. (laughs) Because reading the synopsises of his books makes me think, oh, that's super interesting. I'd enjoy that. And then I've read them and gone, I did not enjoy that. Oh, like, it's just, I don't understand. I feel like he translates better in other mediums. I feel like books are like his worst medium. Unfortunately. But like American Gods, the show? Yeah. Wow. Really well done. Coraline, the movie? Loved it. Never Wear the Series? Loved it. Good Almonds? I mean, also, that involves Terry Pratchett. Good Almonds was good. Um, what's my favorite? I feel like Good Omen shouldn't count just because he was writing with Terry Pratchett. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I adore Terry Pratchett's writing. That's the only reason I'm going to end up reading that book someday. Yeah. I love the Stardust movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I hear uh, Sandman is great. Yeah. Um, There's TV series. Yeah, like I said, books just are like his worst medium. And I... So I don't know why. I, I'm sure it looks better in his head. And then when he writes the book, it just doesn't translate the way that he thinks it does. But you know what? Everyone, but maybe we, we're the oddballs out. Everyone seems to really love it. Like, That's true. I've read, I mean, I've did a bad job reading American Gods and Anna Sea Boys. Like, I kind of skimmed it. It wasn't like a real read in high school. Mm-hmm. They're good. It just wasn't my jam. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're the oddballs out because everybody says how much they love his stuff. Now, I love it when they put his um, books on TV or when they make um, comics out of it. The comics are always great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's just not for us. Yeah. Cracks me up that we put the same thing. It doesn't surprise me that we put the same thing. I wrote his name down and went... I bet Mo's going to write him, too. Yep, I did. All right. A popular book trope you were tired of seeing. I will bet you money that we have the same one. We will see. So I'm kind of tired in my YA novels of three things. The Chosen One. I've read a lot of Chosen Ones, and I'm kind of like, I need something different. Um, Secret Heirs that find out, oh, my goodness. I'm the heir. Oh, um, and reluctant heroes. Like, I kind of just want someone just to be badass and just take over the novels. And I'm also tired of people putting raunchy romance in my YA fiction. Yeah, I don't think that last one is a trope, but I definitely agree. Um, YA. I don't know what you mean. I feel like it is. YA anyway, need sex scenes. You must have a sex scene. No blackout, guys. Come on. I, I love it. I love, and we kissed and we spent the night together. Perfect. I have a really good imagination. I understand how sex works. I can figure out what happened and I don't want to read about it. Right, exactly. Especially when the main characters we are talking about are underage anyways. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to picture that guys. Thanks. That's just, nope. no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we definitely didn't put the same ones at all. I kind of agree about the chosen one and the reluctant hero i feel like it's been a trend to do a lot of that recently Mm -hmm. and like the chosen one everybody went hardcore on the chosen ones for so long 
that there's mm-hmm. so many books out there with the chosen one. Right. I kind of like, um, I don't know. I like the current shift of retelling of fairy tales right now. So yes. that's been really nice, which we don't have a lot of chosen one secret heirs or reluctant heroes in it. We just have fairy tales being retold. Mm-hmm. I do like the fairy to- tales. So I have the love triangle. And I feel like everybody says they don't like the love triangles. But here's my thing. The thing that annoys me the most about love triangles is that everybody does them the exact same way. There is no differentiating between them. And that is the issue. If you're going to use a trope, do it in an interesting manner. (laughs) So like, I think literally any trope can be salvaged if you're doing it just a little bit differently or if you're making it interesting somehow. But you can't come at me with normal white girl as the main character and two pasty pale white guys as her love triangle interests, you know? Mm-hmm. Like literally everybody has done this. It's the same over and over and over again. Nobody cares anymore. No. And just like. It reminds me of this. Every YA novel ever. Girl, weird things have been happening lately. New boy shows up. Wow. He seems so mysterious. Like he will know about my past and I, I just got to have to talk to him. Boy, you shouldn't get involved with me. Girl, I'm going to get involved with you. Unexplainable things start happening. Girl whisk her friends and family to chase after boy. The new boy shows up and she changes her mindset. And now she's torn between two. And she wonders, wow, how did my life become such a mess? Yep, that's exactly it. Or for a little bit of spice, yeah. the mystery boy comes in, but he's number two because you had the best friend who was the first love interest. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm, yep. Mm, yep. Or sometimes boy number one is best friend, and then boy number two is from a different district. Oh, I know they're from the same district, aren't they? I'm thinking about Petra, Pita. Petra, and um, Katniss, Peta, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, anyway. the variations that have been done on this trope are so unimaginative. And I would love to see somebody take this trope and do something interesting with it. And it's not its not even about what the characters look like. It's about what they do. I need them to do something differently. Mm-hmm. It's the same stories hashed out over and over and over again. Yeah, and I know... I know you could make the argument that that's literally every book ever, but at the same time... Other people have done it and made it interesting. Mm-hmm. So please do the same. All right. A popular book series you have no interest in reading. Okay, you're gonna laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> because I know I've asked you, should I read this book series? Uh, a Court of Thorn and Roses. Oh my God, and every time I, I ask too. you, you ask me, no, Mo, I've told you how many times? No, no, you don't want to read it. And then like, it comes up on sale. I'm like, oh, Abby, I can buy the whole series for like five bucks. Mo, have you not freaking listened to me every single time you ask me, should I read this book series? No. So maybe I'll remember. Okay. But I <laughs> stop laughing at me. Dear listeners, it's true. It's mm. true. She has sent me screenshots of this book on sale so many times and gone this looks interesting should I read it and I go for the love of god I've already told you no (laughs) why can't you pay attention Mo I don't know oh yeah I actually put this book too (laughs) 
oh well cool (laughs) (laughs) my thing is I've seen a lot of it on in book communities in book communities in general the series is huge and I'm not dissing anybody who likes it but I don't ever want to touch a Sarah J Moss book they do not interest me her writing does not interest me I am not interested in YA that has spicy scenes and guess what these books are full of apparently spicy scenes right and they're even like I just object to them being classified as YA in general because of all of the smut that's in them and there's I've seen people recording videos of YA sections and then stopping on this book that is shelved in that YA section like (sighs) it is definitely one like I remember my Girl Scouts reading this book and I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm sure I'll like this if I read this. And then you kept telling me, no, Mo, no. But like they read this book when they were like in eighth grade and I can't believe the girl's mom let her read it because her girl, her mom is a big reader and they usually read like similar books. So she kind of knows what her daughter's reading. I'm like- Did her mom read the book? I don't know. I didn't ask. See, that's the real question. Like I wouldn't stop my like 16 year old from reading them. But no way in hell would I let my eighth grader read them. Mm-hmm. No, that three years is a big difference in maturity. Yeah, it just, mm, no, no. And I don't know, it's basically, my understanding of these books is that there's a lot of smut and drama and girl whist off to fairyland. And I'm just like, none of that sounds interesting to me. I actually don't like fairy stuff as much, I found. I don't know why, but... Not my favorite. I'm not a fan of it either. Like, I read The Cruel Prince, and I will not read the rest of the series. And um, the thing that killed me about The Cruel Prince was that the main character wanted so badly to fit into this realm of the Fae, but the Fae were absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, why the hell do you want to stay here? There is not a single nice person in this bunch. Like, hundreds of fae, not a single one of them is halfway decent. And you want to stay here? Right. And that's the thing that killed me about that. It's like, it's kind of the same concept for me. For me, fae are interesting. They're interesting characters. But they're tricky characters. If you go by all the old lore... I would never in a million years wander off with a fae or into a mushroom circle or any of that. Mm -mm. Because, you know, I don't want to deal with all the tricksy nonsense. Right. So, I yeah. That just means, like, any kind of fae as a love interest does not interest me. All right. What movie adaptation do you prefer to the book? Um, Where'd you go, Bernadette? was an amazing movie. So much better than the freaking book because it took out the one piece I hated in the book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the one piece that made me hate the book. <laughs> but I mean, that's just simply that. I think I've, we talked about that several times, but I God, I really like that movie and I really like that book. Yeah, I need to watch that movie because I liked the book minus that one little thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my pick for this was Stardust. Um, Stardust as a book is okay it's the one of Neil Gaiman's that I disliked the least Mm -hmm. but the movie 
is absolutely enchanting. I adore the movie Stardust. Like, it is one of my comfort movies. If I'm having a truly horrible day, I will put it on the background just so I can look at it occasionally and listen to some of the lines because it's amazing. I I feel like the adapt the movie adaptation was much better than the book. I can go with that. I do love the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the movie has a more coherent plot line. I feel like everything translated from Neil Gaiman's books into a media like that has a more coherent plot line. Yeah. Because the, like the, okay, so I've seen the movie Stardust plenty of times before I actually read the book. And reading the book, I was like, I know where this is going, theoretically, more or less, because I've seen the movie. But what is all this wandering nonsense that's going on? Like, the the plot almost felt like it got dropped for a little while before it got picked up again. It just, yeah. Like like I said earlier, I don't feel like Neil Gaiman translates his stuff well into books, and I know everybody's going to disagree, and that's okay. But I feel like screen adaptations are a much more faithful interpretation of what he was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100% agree with that. Yeah, so Stardust is a beautiful movie. I adore it. I know it ends a little right. bit differently than the book, but I didn't mind that. I thought the book ending was just as good. Not the book in general, but you know. Yeah, well, guys, that's what we got. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of our unpopular feelings or whatever you want to call it. Our unpopular opinions about books. And if you would like to weigh in, let us know, because we would love to know your thoughts as well. And it's okay if you disagree with us, because, I mean, we might disagree with you. That's fine. Well, everyone have a great week. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye, friends. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.